Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey, Venture Podcasters, it's your host, Dan Wills, and lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska, and I am so thankful that you are joining us today. Uh, We are in the middle of uh, a series, so if you're new with us, we're in this middle of the series. Uh, It's called How Sweet the Sound. Uh, We're talking about classic hymns of the faith, the stories behind them, and the theology around them. And so if you are joining us today, I believe that you are joining us for a reason and a purpose, and my prayer is always that it will be shown to you today. Uh, So I was asked uh, the other day by another pastor friend of mine, uh, he asked, what is your biggest concern for the American church today? And I thought that was an interesting question. Uh, Because honestly, when I look at the church today, there are so many things that that make me optimistic and and full of faith. Uh, There's so many good things going on in the the church across America, uh, including our own church here, having many baptisms, growth in numbers, uh, growth in spirituality, uh, just all kinds of things. And it leaves me very, very optimistic and full of faith. But that wasn't the question. (laughs) And, And so the first thing that came to my mind is, that I'm afraid that too many people that call themselves followers of Jesus love this world too much. And because of that, we who are Jesus followers often live with a very real uh, spiritual complacency. Okay, There's not an urgency for us to do the things of God because I think that so many of us in our culture that call themselves Christians are too in love with this world. And you're going to go, where, Dan, where, where do you see this? Well, you see it when people are more concerned with what other people think about them than what they are with what God thinks about them. Uh, you see it when we are more passionate about our own comfort than where we are about God's calling. Uh, you see it whenever we're more concerned about what we have than what we are becoming for the glory of God. You know, sure, we believe in God, and yes, we pray to God when we need him. Uh, we'll worship him when we feel him. We'll give whenever it's convenient for us because we are so consumed with loving the things of this world and we want God to give us more of them. And we'll be like, yeah, we prayed that prayer. Yeah, we did the Jesus thing. Yeah, we go to church. But now we hope that God does what we want to give us the life on earth, on earth that we think that we should have and, and deserve. So my biggest concern is that we're too in love with this world and the results uh, that results in a very, very real uh, spiritual complacency. And that's why uh, for this uh, week, uh, we have to, I have one hope and one prayer. Actually, not even just this week, but all the time. I have one hope and I have one prayer. And if you were to ask me to tell me what I'm asking God to do, this is my prayer. My prayer is that God will give us, give you, give me, give God's church a hope for eternity and urgency for today. But in order to prepare us for for God to do such a thing, I want to talk about the lyrics to the hymn, I'll Fly Away. Uh, If you don't know this song, if you never heard this song, this song was actually the most recorded gospel album in all the history of the world. There are over 5,000 different recorded versions of this gospel song. Uh, It was written by a a man named uh, Albert Brumley, who was born in 1905 
in Spiro or Spiro, Oklahoma. I'm not sure how you pronounce that, that city's name, but Albert grew up in a very, very impoverished family. And as a little child, in order to help pay the bills, he would work along with the siblings and his parents picking cotton. And when Albert was about five years of age, his older brother died of typhoid fever. And so he was very aware of grief and poverty. He wrote the lyrics to the song we all, we, when he was in college, but he says that we were actually born in his heart. And when he was hurting as a young child, he was longing not for the blessings of earth, but he was longing for the glory of heaven. And this is what Albert Brumley wrote. Listen to the, listen to the lyrics of the this, of this song. Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away to a home on God's celestial shore. I'll fly away. When the shadows of this life have gone, I'll fly away like a bird from prison bars has flown. I'll fly away. My prayer is that God would give us a hope for eternity and an urgency for today. If there's one part of our faith that I believe can give us a hope for eternity and urgency for today, that's talking about what this song talks about, and that is the second coming of Christ. When believers will be taken from this earth to dwell with God in heaven, it's called the rapture, the second coming of Christ, the return of Christ. And I just want to say, as we talk about this, if you are listening and you are not a follower of Jesus, what we're going to talk about is really, really weird, okay? It's going to be odd. And so I just want to acknowledge that. It's going to sound weird and odd, uh, but, but stay with me, okay? Uh, also, I want to acknowledge, uh, if you are a follower of Christ, what we're going to talk about today is really, really weird <laughs> and, and really, really odd. That's sometime, anytime, and we don't know when, at any moment, Christ could return. It's a hope for eternity and an urgency for today. And so I want to talk about the return of Christ. So I hope you'll uh, enjoy our conversation today. And before we do that, I want to give you a little bit of insight about the Bible, because there might be some of you that are listening that might not realize about the, about the Bible. A lot of people think the Bible is one book, but the Bible is a collection of 66 different books, okay, written by 40 different authors, compiled over a, 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 ser- a season of 1,500 years, okay? The Bible contains a lot of what we call prophecy, and you're going to ask, well, what is prophecy? Well, prophecy is a prediction of something that is to come. And of the 66 books that we now call the Bible, only four of the books do not contain teachings of prophecy. Only four do not. So what is the second coming? The second coming is a prophetic teaching written about God's word to predict events that would happen in the future. That would be very difficult for me to believe, and maybe even you to believe, if there was not so many other prophetic events already uh, fulfilled in Scripture. For example, in the Old Testament, written by many different authors over a span of many different years, hundreds of years before the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Christ, there were many different authors who prophesied about what would happen one day in the life of Jesus, which were fulfilled and documented in the New Testament Gospels. In fact, what I want to do is just kind of uh, build your faith in the truth of God's word today. Okay, I want to show you some of the prophetic teachings about Jesus that were prophesied hundreds of years before they ever happened, that were actually fulfilled and recorded in God's word. All right, It was prophesied of Jesus that he would be born of a virgin, which he was, in Bethlehem, which is where he was born, Okay, from the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was prophesied that he would come into Jerusalem riding on a donkey, which he did, rejected by man, which he was, 
betrayed by a payment, betrayed for a payment, I should say it that way, which actually happened, and falsely accused, which we know is true. It was prophesied that he would be silent before his accusers, crucified besides criminals, and given vinegar to drink, all which happened. That his hands and feet would be crucified, would be pierced, I'm sorry, that they would fight over his garments or his clothes, that none of his bones would be broken, and that he would, be, uh, that he would give his life. And after giving his life, he would be buried in a rich man's tomb, he would rise from the dead, he would ascend into heaven and be seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, all of which was prophesied and came to pass. Now, I don't know about you, but that builds my faith. Knowing all that, that builds my faith. And what's crazy to think about is that just a few of the prophecies about Jesus, that's not all of them, okay? And when you total all the prophecies about his first coming, I want you to realize that there are five times as many prophecies about his second coming, about his return. And that's what I want to talk about today. And that's what I believe God could do in the life of somebody to give you a hope for eternity and urgency for today. All right? So let's talk about these. Let's talk about three thoughts that will give us eternal hope, the hope that we have as Christians. All right? So what are the big thoughts? Well, we're going to talk about the return, the rapture, and the reunion. Okay? The return, the rapture, and the reunion. Let's talk first about the return. So let's start with a question, okay? What do we as Jesus followers believe about the return? That Christ is coming again. Christ our Savior, our King, our Lord, he is coming again. And this is what Jesus said in John 14, verses 1 through 3. Here's what he says. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If not, I would have told you. I am going away to prepare a place for you. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also, okay? Uh, in, the, in the early days of the New Testament church, the first century church, the believers were under such extraordinary pressure and persecution that they were aware that even to confess that they were following Christ, that they were, uh, they were a Christianos, a Christ one, a little Christ, as they often were called, to even confess that meant that they could be tortured, beaten, whipped, flogged, or even burned at the stake, crucified, sometimes even upside down, beheaded, and the list goes on and on and on. All these things could happen to them. And they were in such danger that you can only imagine that the bond they would have when they would meet a fellow believer. And when they would meet someone else that shared their faith in the risen Christ, they'd be super excited. They, they would often lean in and they would kind of give one of those secret handshakes, you know, the fist bump, shake, two finger. No, I'm just kidding. They wouldn't do that. Not really. What they did have, though, was a secret word. Okay. What they would do is they would say, Maranatha. Maranatha, which meant our king is coming soon. Our savior is coming. It might be bad right now, but Jesus is coming back. Maranatha. In fact, Paul talked to Timothy and said that there would be a crown in heaven for people who long for the returning of Christ. In other words, those who are not so in love with this temporary world, which will fade and pass away, we all know that, but they long for the glory of heaven. There would be a crown for those who long for the return of Christ. This is how the apostle Paul described it. He said this in 1 Thessalonians 4.16. He said, for the Lord himself, Jesus, will come down from heaven with a loud command and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. He says the trumpet will blare, the Lord will shout, 
When would they blow a trumpet in the Bible? Well, they blow a trumpet whenever they are going into battle or whenever they were going on a journey. So the trumpet sounds, Jesus is coming back for an imminent battle, and he's talking, taking us on a journey, right? The trumpet sounds, Jesus shouts, and the dead in Christ rise first. So let's just pause and acknowledge just for a moment. That sounds kind of weird, right? The, the dead in Christ rise first, okay? I'd give anything to be driving by a cemetery when the trumpet sounds. To me, that would be so cool. Uh, you know, see skeletons and bodies coming up out of the ground, just out of out of the blue, right? And all these things come flying up, right? I don't, I don't know if it's going to be necessarily like that. But I hope you understand that when the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ rise, what will happen is a glorified body will be raised to life. I, I see it kind of like if you put a seed in the ground and it dies. A seed dies in the ground, and what happens? Well, life comes out of that dead seed, a little sprout, a little plant, a little flower. Life comes from death. It's a glorified body. The trumpet sounds, Jesus shouts, and he raises glorified bodies from the ground. That is the return, okay? The second thing that we're going to talk about is what we call the rapture, the rapture. What is the rapture? It's when living Christians are taken away. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 4.17, we who are still alive and left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. The Greek word that's translated as caught up is the word harpazo. It means to be snatched away or to be rescued, to be taken out. And Brumley said it this way, all fly away, O glory. I'll fly away. In the morning when I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. Jesus described the event this way in Matthew's gospel uh, in 24, uh, verses 39 through uh, 42. Listen to what he says in there. This is the way the coming of the Son of Man uh, will be. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding grain with a handmill. One will be taken and one left. Therefore, be alert, since you don't know what day your Lord is coming. So you, you listeners, must also be ready, because you never know. At any time, at any moment, the trumpet of God could sound. He could return at any time, at any moment. Hope for eternity and urgency for today, right? At any time, you must be ready, because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. If Jesus were describing it in our context today, he might say a husband and a wife were out for coffee. One was taken and the other was left. Or a team of 20 high school students were off to a game in a school bus and eight were taken and 12 were left. Literally, it could be a family of five walking into church one day and four were taken and one was left. Harpazo taken, rescued away. Admittedly, this sounds like a science fiction movie. I know it does. In fact, it probably sounds something like, hey, if that's on Netflix, I'm in, right? You'll be, you'll be hey, as soon as I'm done listening to Dan here today, this, this podcast, I'm going to go jump on Netflix and watch that, right? That's how, that's how weird it sounds, I know. But you have to understand that this is not the first time that such an event was recorded in Scripture. There are other events just like this as people were taken away from the earth. Enoch in the Old Testament, he's walking closely along with God and he disappears because God took him away. Elijah in the Old Testament is walking along, taking, uh, talking, sorry, and a chariot of fire comes and whirls him up into heaven. And of course, you have Jesus in the New Testament after the crucifixion. He's taken up into a cloud with God. Right? Again and again and again, we see in Scripture and we believe by faith that one day the trumpet of God will sound, the dead in Christ will be raised, and those who are still alive and walking on earth that are believers in Jesus would be rescued uh, out and taken to heaven. Harpazo. Okay? 
we see the return, we see the rapture, and then we have the third thing of what we call the reunion, the reunion, all right? And what happens at the reunion? Well, Christians will be with God forever. This is how the Apostle Paul describes it in 1 Thessalonians 4. Okay, let's review uh, verse 17. Okay, he says, We who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And then he goes on in verse 18. He says, Therefore, encourage one another with these words. We'll be with the Lord forever. We will be with the Lord forever. This is the way Brumley said it from I'll Fly Away. He says, just a few more weary days and then I'll fly away to a land where joy shall never end. I'll fly away. Encourage one another with these words. I am in hopes to encourage somebody today. If you are listening to this podcast today, I'm hoping I'm encouraging someone today. Somebody who's hurting, somebody who's grieving, somebody who's lost something valuable, okay? Someone who is afraid of what it is to come, someone who is lost and burdened by the temporary pain that this world deals us all uh, all the time, right? That is if, that if you are in Christ, there will be a day where you will be in the presence of God. And at that moment, there will be no more pain, no more heartache, no more sickness, no more disease, no more death, no more poverty, and no more shame, no more hatred. There will be life in the presence of God only. Life in the presence of God. And so I encourage you with these words, Maranatha, our king is coming soon. And when he blows the trumpet and when he shouts, the dead in Christ will rise. And those who are still here will be caught up in, with them in the air. And we will be united with him forever in his presence. There will be no more tears and no more pain in the presence of our good God. Amen? There is a common problem for people who live the life that we live, that we're living today. We tend to still believe that we can have heaven on earth. We have to recognize that earth was never meant to be heaven. We have a longing for the real glory that is to come. It's one of the big problems in our churches today, right? We're so in love with this world, but we have a, that we have a real spiritual complacency. And that may be one of the reasons why Paul says, who, by the way, did not love this world, he said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. What in the world does that mean? For me to live is to show the love of Christ. It's another day. It's another opportunity. It's another moment to represent his grace. Today is another day for me to glorify God uh, in heaven as I live on earth. Today is an opportunity for me to share his love, show his grace, reach out and meet needs. For me to live is Christ, but to die is better because the world is not my home. Hope for eternity and urgency for today. Hope for eternity, that this world is not our home. Therefore, we live for a higher calling. This is what Paul said. Listen to what he says. Let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. So, here is your assignment. Be strong and immovable. Hope for eternity and urgency for today. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Ever useless. Because time is short. Don't leave words unsaid, deeds undone, or hope unshared. Some of you, you've got words to say, encouragement to give, love to express, hope to share. We will not hold back. We will never withhold a blessing. We will let our words lift others, give life, give encouragement, speak truth. 
Okay, we also won't let deeds go undone. Do you recognize that you are the masterpiece of God, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do? You have a divine heavenly assignment. There you, therefore, you will not let good deeds go undone, words unsaid or hope unshared, because you carry the hope of eternal life, the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Maranatha, our king, is coming soon. And when you recognize it, when you believe it, when you embrace it, when you let go of the love for this lower world and embrace the glory of the kingdom that is to come, what will you do? You're not going to be obsessed with Instagram. You're not going to be going crazy over a new person, a new pair of shoes. Your highest calling is not going to be a boat, a car, a camper, a house. You're going to live for something that lasts. Hope for eternity and urgency for today. For me to live as Christ. To die is even better. So because time is short, we will not leave words unsaid, deeds undone, or hope unshared. Maranatha, our Christ is coming soon. Amen. This concludes another episode of Venture Podcast. I hope you're enjoying this series of How Sweet the Sound, where we're talking about classic hymns of the faith, the stories behind them, and the theology around them. Join us next week as we conclude our series. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast or Chandler Acres Church, or if you'd like to support this ministry, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.